please enjoy this special MinMax production. The backstory of my character in the Extinction Curse, Kestrel Saval. It was probably in Eskadar, at a naval tavern, most likely. Such details are not of consequence, nor are they remembered by anyone important to our story. This amnesia attributed largely to the copious amounts of alcohol and head trauma which made themselves overwhelmingly present at the establishment that day. Newly minted cleric of Caden Kalian, the drunken god, Kestrel Saval sat at the aforementionedly inconclusive tavern bar having a drink or ten. He looked like a vagabond in his patched trousers, soft leathered but old-looking boots, and open leather waistcoat with no shirt underneath to hide his lean muscles. Atop his head was a flat-topped, worn, brown leather hat whose circular brim had two slots cut into it through which the elf's long ears could protrude. At the bar, he'd met an interesting woman named Bishan, who affected a severe friendliness. Anathema, Kestrel sounded out slowly, in an elvish accent topped with intoxication. No, Anathema, said the Mauxi woman sitting next to him, her accent marked by deep vowels and sharp consonants. Anathema, he tried again. How old did you say you were? the woman asked the elf, as he again struggled with pronunciation. I am somewhere in the vicinity, he stumbled through the word, of two hundred years old. But I spent most of them speaking Elven or Vidroni, he said in defense of his mispronunciations. Anathema, she repeated, faster this time. Anathema, echoed the cleric, almost getting it right. But it looks like anathema, he whined. Friend, the woman said sagely. If you could explain Tulden, you'd be probably the most powerful wizard of the Inasi. Tulden is bollocks, he said. I'll drink to that, she replied, and they both took a swig of ale from their wooden tankards. The anathemas of Cain Kalian. I cannot own a slave, Kestrel managed to say with minimal slurring. Well, that's all right then, said the woman. Don't know how it is where you're from, Elf, but slavery's been outlawed here on the Starstone Isles. And about time, too, by my reckoning. That's all fine, said the elf, Kestrel Saval, wobbling in his chair slightly. I wouldn't want a slave anyway. Who's any one person to be worth any more than any other one person? And what one's to say what any worth any other one even has? He paused a moment. People, be they elf or... What was it? Moxie, said the dark-skinned woman all but her face covered in lightweight and bright-colored fabrics. The elf continued, From elf to maxi, virgin to goblin, people are simultaneously worth nothing and everything, and so a worth cannot be ascribed. I'll drink to that, said the maxi woman firmly, and they both raised their tankards and took another large drink. Another thema, I cannot be mean or standoffish when drunk. He paused and thought for a moment. Bishan, I am drunk, he concluded. Kestrel, you are, she confirmed. And so am I, she added. I'll drink to that, said Kestrel, and they both tossed back another swig. Would you say I am being mean or standoffish? Kestrel asked earnestly. You are being the strangest elf I ever have met, but you are friendly and stand-onish? She pondered the word as it left her ashen lips. Tulden is bollocks, she said. I'll drink to that, they decried simultaneously, and took another drink. 
While the two were deep in their conversation of religio-philosophica as it pertained to what clerics of the drunken god were and were not allowed to do, a commotion began to stir around them. What caused the commotion is as forgotten as the venue in which it occurred. A handful of patrons who'd been having a disagreement for some minutes started to escalate that disagreement beyond simple less-than-polite words. Shouting was now erupting, yet still the two new friends at the bar continued to drink and chat. And that leaves us with the most famous of Caden Kalians, and shit you're not supposed to do. I believe even I know this one, confirmed Bashan. Behind them, some of the arguers had risen to their feet, violently knocking over their chairs as they did so. I am absolutely not, under any circumstances, allowed to waste alcohol, said Kestrel. The moment after he'd said this, a large fellow was knocked backwards into the seated Bishan. She lurched forward from the impact as her tankard of ale splashed all over herself, the bar, and the floor. Time stood still. While being pushed forward by the man behind her who was, in turn, being pushed backwards by another man who apparently didn't like him very much, Bishan slowly turned in horror to look at Kestrel, her face in hijab dripping in wasted alcohol. They made eye contact, only now realizing that the whole tavern around them was stirring into a melee. They both moved their eyes to Kestrel's half-full tankard of ale, and then back to each other. Kestrel! Get out! shouted Bishan. The next twenty or so seconds seemed to pass in slow motion. Kestrel quickly stood while holding his drink steady as possible, so as not to spill a drop. Bishan flipped her own, now empty, heavy wooden tankard over, so the bottom faced up as she held its handle. Still being pushed forward into the bar by the two grappling men behind her, she swung the tankard over her shoulder, where it cracked into the skull of the man pressed against her. The man's legs went out from under him as he crumpled to the ground. This caused the other combatant, who had been pressing into him, to also lose his balance, tumble forward, and smash his chin into the bar just next to Bishan. He, too, fell to the floor in a heap. Having dealt with the two culprits who'd caused her own drink to be spilled, Bishon quickly looked around to find Kestrel, but he was already lost in the fray of the tavern. To her right, another person rose from their seat to join the fight, leaving most of a mug of ale to do so. Bishon casually took the drink as her own. Kitten Killian be with you, Kestrel, she said as she scanned over the chaos erupting before her. She poured a small drink of ale onto the ground in reverence to the drunken god, smiled slyly to herself, and calmly began to drink from her new tankard. As soon as he'd risen from his bar stool, Kestrel was swept up into the brawl. The interior of the tavern was a sea of bodies creating their own currents and waves of violent motion. Just as he turned away from Bishan, a combatant came staggering towards him, clearly not in control of their own momentum. With his left hand, Kestrel quickly redirected the wayward patron, while also slightly stepping to the side, his drunkenness adding a randomly imbalanced but not wholly detrimental aspect to his movements. Given the circumstances, Kestrel glanced at the door clear across the tumultuous room. Before he could even take a step towards it, a press of bodies came towards him, all interlocked and swaying together in their fighting. Kestrel placed his left hand over the top of his tankard and slid onto his knees to his left, ducking the frenzied mass and quickly popping back up onto his feet. Unfortunately, he did so directly between two fighters, one of whom was already in the process of throwing a wild, arching haymaker. Kestrel dipped and spun just in time to avoid taking the strike, inadvertently surprising both of the fighters to such an extent that they were immediately knocked to the ground by other pugilists as they distractedly watched the elf dodge away from them. Kestrel again came up for air, as it were, this time to see that he'd made it some progress to the door. 
Quickly, he took a drink from his ale, a little foamy, but as yet unspilled, and continued his perilous journey out of the tavern. His next step nearly ended very badly, as a chair came swinging in at him from the right, its wielder unseen. In one motion, Kestrel deftly tossed the tankard in his right hand over to his left, while raising his right hand to catch the incoming improvised weapon. Catch it he did, surprising himself a little, and the patron who'd swung it even more. Before the chair challenger, who'd just been hoping to cause as much property damage as possible, could fully process what had happened, Kestrel's foot came up hard and caught him right in the side of the head, a blow from which they went down to the floor with a thud. Flowing and somewhat drunkenly staggering with the momentum of his kick, Kestrel spun around with the chair in his hand and smashed it into whatever poor bastard happened to be in between him and the door. The poor bastard in question went crashing to the ground, along with the chair which had hit him square in the face. This gave Kestrel a couple steps toward his escape, during which he took another precious drink from his ale. He weaved and spun through multiple patrons, looking as some kind of desperate drunken dancer on a stage of mayhem. His movements netted him another few precious steps toward the door. From his left came a charging, crouched fighter, clearly intent on tackling Kestrel to the ground. Kestrel leapt up, placed his feet on the hunched forward shoulders of the charger, and leapt forward, sailing over the heads of multiple people. As he came down, his knees crashing into the back of an unsuspecting brawler, he placed his right hand over the top of the cup and rolled off this hapless landing pad. Kestrel stood up out of his roll and was immediately pressed between two fighters facing away from each other. From just in front of Kestrel came a fist. Stuck between two people, unable to move in any direction, Kestrel uttered a short word. In an instant, an invisible shield of magical force manifested in front of Kestrel and bore the strike of the puncher. The fist bounced back at its owner. A look of perplexity crossed their face, followed shortly by Kestrel's fist, thereby sending the combatant to the floor. And there it was, the door. Kestrel had made it. Fast as he could, he shot through the open door and into the clear night air and slammed it shut behind him. Kestrel placed his back to the door and looked at his ale, still mostly there. He laughed to himself for a moment and sighed with relief and triumph. He raised the tankard to its lips and savored the cool, fizzy liquid as it hit his tongue. In that instant, the door behind him blew open as a scrum of bodies slammed into it. Kestrel was thrown forward and his tankard clattered to the ground. His ale spilled unceremoniously onto the dirt road, onto which he also landed. From the ground, on his stomach, Kestrel looked sadly at his fallen tankard. The holy symbol of Caden Kalian, itself a tankard, was burned into the wood. He reached out and grabbed the cup, peering into it to find only a few sad drops of ale and some dirt. Kestrel sat up and looked back into the tavern through the frame which now lacked a door. The skirmish still went on, yells and crashes emanating from within. He stood resolutely. Time for another, I think, he said to himself. He then walked over the groggy and moaning bodies in the street and back into the tavern. The History of Kestrel Savel Andonarel Oldrondlil Aldrali Saval was born in Kionin during the Age of Enthronement, almost a hundred years before the death of Aradin ushered in the Age of Lost Omens. Kionin, the largest elven nation in Galarian, is primarily sequestered within the Firani Forest, north of the Five Kings Mountains, east of Lake Incarthen. Elves from Kionin are known as Ayudin, and to other ancestries represent the archetypical elf. And Donorel, however, ended up choosing a path quite divergent from that of the typical Ayudin. In his youth, as much as one hundred years could be considered youth to other peoples, Andonarel's existence was little different from his Kionin contemporaries. In Ayudin culture, there is scarce an elf who isn't in some way a member of the nobility. 
when individuals live for hundreds upon hundreds of years, and every family can trace their lineage for thousands, even those who would be the lowliest of laborers in other cultures are refined aristocrats in the context of Kionan. For on Donorel, this ended up manifesting in multiple expectations, expectations that the peculiar elf was destined to disappoint upon. On the back of thousands of years of isolationism, Andonarel was born into a time of social expansion for the Ayudin, as the elves began to recognize the benefits of and seek out relations and alliances with other peoples of the inner sea. As part of accomplishing this, it was determined that a host of elven envoys was needed. Young Ayudin, less fully entrenched in their own ancient and slow-paced culture, able to adapt to the lands and ways of humans. A young Andonarel proved to be a near-perfect candidate. Born to a middling noble family, a near-universal circumstance for Ayudin, Andonarel embodied some traits generally considered more human than elf. Here in Kionan, Andonarel once said to his half-elven friend Savatri, we have the finest wines in the inner sea, crafted by masters who've perfected their art over hundreds of years, grown on lands that have been cultivated for millennium. Each exquisite drop filled with more flavor and character than entire human wineries can be capable of producing within all of their bottles combined. Each taste is meant to be reverentially savored and appreciated for the opulent and unmatched experience it is. And yet, for all that refinement, sometimes one just wishes to get drunk. Wonderful, simple drunkenness, freedom from ceremony and contemplative introspection. At one point in his life, Andonarel wondered if these decidedly human philosophies he found himself embracing were a product of his training to be an envoy to human lands or something deep within his inherent personality. However, as he got older, Andonarel found such contemplations more and more tiresome, and he grew to enjoy simply going with the flow, often the flow of ale. While all elves are inherently nimble, Andonarel always demonstrated a preternatural physical ability. His balance and grace were excellent attributes on the dance floors of the Kion courts, and also proved to be useful in combat. One of the many places the Ayudin wished to send elven envoys was the Vudrani island nation of Jolmaray. A land within the impossible kingdoms, Jolmaray is known for its vast wealth and knowledge, making it an ideal ally to the elves, or at least a place to not be enemies with. On the island nation of Jolmaray are dozens of monastic temples, the highest order of which are known as the Houses of Perfection. It was thought by the elves that it would behoove any diplomat to that land to be skilled in martial combat. If skilled enough, they may even gain entrance into one of the powerful houses of perfection. And elves have the advantage of being able to take a very long time to train in any skill. Andonarel was the ideal candidate. Along with Talden, Andonarel learned Vudrani growing up and became more comfortable with that language than the human common tongue, Vudrani being the language of Jomare. He spent some time in Jomaray on multiple visits and quite enjoyed the chaotic and busy nature of the place. Andonarel worked hard to become proficient as a martial combatant and was able to earn, the sizable endowment that came with him notwithstanding, himself a place within a lesser temple of Jomaray. Here he learned the beginning forms of being a true monk and how optimally to utilize his physical traits in combat. However, it was not long after his appointment at the temple that the death of Aradin threw the world of humans into disarray. And while the Vudrani were less affected than others within the inner sea, the event caused panic within the Ayudin, and they recalled their envoys back to Kionin to see what would happen in the lands of men and how they might proceed. It was in the following decades that Andonarel became more and more disenfranchised with Kionin culture. He found himself spending more time in Greengold, 
a western city of Kionan where non-elves are permitted to live, engrossing himself in human culture whenever he needed some spice in his life. It was here that he met three people, instrumental in determining the next course his life would take. Savatri Sayana was a half-elven cleric of Calistria in Greengold. As many who have found themselves in such a place outside of Kionan will attest, temples to the goddess of lust and revenge are eclectic and interesting places. Places where one's coin can be used to procure anything from a pleasant night with a pleasant cleric to contracts of a lethal variety. It was decidedly the former which found Andonarel in the company of Savatri. The two found they had shared passions beyond that which happened under the temple roof. They often talked of adventure, restlessness, and travel. In time, this friendship would find the pair chartering a series of passages to slowly make their way east and south, down to the city at the center of the world, Absalom. Along the way, spending a great deal of time exploring and experiencing the kind of fast-paced and virulent lifestyles not naturally present in Kionan. The second important person on Donorel met was Caden Kalian. Not a person at all, really, but a god. One of the three ascended, Caden Kalian is the god of ale, freedom, and wine. Andonrel found himself enamored with the god's free spirit and desire for adventure, largely drunken adventure. Known as the accidental god, Caden Kalian never intended to become a deity, in much the same way Andonrel never intended to become a cleric. But both happened, and perhaps the world ended up a bit better for those accidents. The third person Andonrel met was, prosaically, himself. When he and Savatri decided to sail on from Kionin, Andonarel felt he was being reborn in a sense. As such, he took on a new name. He chose Kestrel. Andonarel always admired the Kionin Kestrel, a small raptor native to the Firani forest, and how it soared up above the canopy to see the greater world around it. Andonarel would watch the birds for hours at a time, even before he realized that he also simply wanted to fly away. And so Kestrel Saval and his friend Savatri Sayana, both longing for something new, left Kionin behind to pursue their own lives of adventure. Around the time Kestrel and Savatri left Greengold, he was unsurprised to awaken one morning with a significant hangover, and very surprised indeed to also awaken with spells granted to him by Caden Kalian. Kestrel wasn't sure if this was going to be permanent, but he took it as a sign to follow the free footsteps of the drunken god, fully embracing his newfound holiness and clerical position. Once on the Isle of Erin, just north of Kortos, Kestrel and Savatri met yet another person, or people, who would help them find their places within the world. In a tavern, perhaps even the same one where Kestrel had met good Bashan, but also possibly not there at all, Kestrel and Savatri were sharing a drink or ten. Outside the tavern, patiently waited Kestrel's new mule, Dalwini, wearing a flat-topped gold leather hat shockingly similar to Kestrel's, complete with slots cut for his tall, pointy ears. Try as he might, Kestrel was never able to explain or remember how he came to be in possession of Darwinny, nor why or how the creature wore a near-identical hat to his own. But he never regretted the fact, as the mule proved to become one of his best friends. Kestrel had not intended to become the center of attention at the tavern that night, but somehow he'd begun performing some of the feats of acrobatics he'd learned in his training as a monk. At one point, he found himself atop a table, positioning himself into a careful one-handed handstand. Then, with his free hand, he began to cast one of the clerical spells he now knew. Slowly, his tangled of ale began to rise and float towards him. The crowd cheered him on as the drink slowly inched its way towards his mouth. Carefully, ever so carefully, he used the magic to lift the drink to his upside-down lips and began to pour the ale into his mouth, 
The spectators erupted in shouts of encouragement as Kestrel downed the tankard, flipped from his hand off the table, and gracefully landed onto his feet. Unbeknownst to Kestrel and Savatri, the tavern also contained some out-of-work circus performers who were looking to start their own show. It took very little conversation indeed for Kestrel to wholeheartedly embrace their endeavor as his own, and the next morning he, Savatri, and Darwinny traveled with the circus people to a small town where the next chapter of their lives were destined to begin. Thank you for listening to this MinMax production. The story was written by David Jorgensen and performed by David Jorgensen. Production and distribution by MinMax LLC. Until next time, this is MinMaxed wishing you many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.